hello. Welcome back to the Sandcast, ladies and gentlemen. We are doing our second garage podcast <laughs> from beach chairs and yoga balls in Redondo Beach, California. You're listening to Sandcast. We're back. We are back, ladies and gentlemen. Though, I guess they're only going to have one garage cast that we've recorded too. But right. we so we recorded a garage podcast like three days ago. Oh yeah. So much <laughs> has happened since that it's completely irrelevant. I thought we nailed that one too. <laughs> it was great. It's possibly our best episode ever. But <laughs> that Ned Ratledge, you guys are never going to hear. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Before, so what was it like Saturday? That we were talking about just yeah. what we thought was going to happen with the Olympics and all this stuff, and just projecting. And then uh, two days ago, Canada and Australia. Well, Canada pulls out of the games, and Australia says everyone should be prepared for it to be postponed for twenty one. And then earlier today, and then a guy named Dick Pound, tough decided. Go by Richard, man. First of all, that's a, <laughs> I can't believe that's this guy's name. I believe he is the head of the IOC. He's a committee member, so he's okay. a committee member on the IOC, okay, which is the it. International Olympic Committee. And he leaked. It seemed like nobody else wanted him to say that it, they were going to postpone yeah. it at the time that he did. Yeah, he's been pretty vocal. Right. <laughs> Come on, Dick Pound. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah. So, yeah, so he said that it was going to be postponed. And then uh, today um, we got word that the Tokyo Olympics are actually postponed until 2021. Um, I don't think any specific actual days are set. But, yeah. So we have another year. So our podcast from that we recorded Saturday is uh, now completely and totally irrelevant. And we are recording a new one today. Yep. And I'm going with the yoga ball. Try's going with the chair. We have our Wilson guy here, Wilson guy there. We got Monster Hydro somehow just making its way into the scene, too. Yeah, I was working out earlier today. <laughs> I'm going five days a week in here in this gym, so it's an authentic vibe <laughs> for sure. My half-drinking Monster Hydro here. Yeah. It, I mean, and like, I just love this setup. Everyone's home gyms. I saw, like, Betsy had, like, I don't know if you saw her story or post from today, but Betsy Flint has, like, she had, like, a trap bar, weights, like, things like this. So she was, like, trap bar and then just drop it. And then she oh, picked yeah. it. And, like, she has, like, a full set of, like, like, full dumbbell rack and everything. I was like, <laughs> dang, that's, like, good for you. Yeah, really. Yeah, so home gym, like, equipment makers everywhere are just, like. Well, beach volleyball great. players, we, we have to be, we do workouts in crazy places, you know. Like yeah. Hotel rooms and, like, you don't know what the hotel is going to provide and you got to get your work in. So I feel like we have. The equipment to create a pop-up gym pretty much anywhere. Yeah, and we're, we're pretty good at the road dog workouts. You especially, right. like you and Mikkel, uh-huh. you get a lot of stuff done with just like two bands. Yeah, right. <laughs> so. yep. A lot about that band work, just kind of isolating and using body weight. So you know how it's done. Very helpful. Yeah. yeah. But now with, uh, like with, with Tokyo postponed to 21, I was like just trying to think of everyone in the Olympic race and how it might affect them. So obviously all the Canadians today are like, Celebrating, it's like right. Christmas morning. They were because they were freaking out, right? Because like they were like in the Olympics, they had qualified, but if it were to go on, they wouldn't be able to participate because mm-hmm. they had pulled out of the nation, and then now they're good to go. But like for you and Trevor, I don't. Obviously, it's like inconvenient to wait a year. Mm-hmm. But what was your like general reaction to it? I mean, you can look at it anyway. Well. F- First of all, the thing you got to understand at this exact moment is we don't know what the qualification system is. Yeah. Like, for all I know, they could just wipe out everything we've already done. True. And just say, 
this is how you qualify, or we're selecting these teams. Or, yeah. Like, we have no idea what, what they're going to select. Apparently, within the next week, the FIVB is supposed to submit their proposal for what they want the new qualification system to be. Okay. Uh, or how much they want it to have changed or whatever, you know? Um, so we're waiting on that. There's just so much unknown right now. It's like, it's hard to know how to feel. I'm really just trying to wrap my brain around the fact that I have no idea what, like, what I just trained for this entire <laughs> off season. Yeah. I have no idea how to think or prepare for the Olympics, like, because that is still an ultimate goal. Um, and I don't know how or if I should be focusing on domestic tour. I don't know where to put my focus. Right. So, you know, I'm giving myself a break. Usually I'm, like, kind of stressing out about that stuff. Like, I want it all to be clear and have a clear purpose and go attack it. But right now it's crazy circumstances, and I think it's... I'm kind of thinking of it like it's off-season. Like, we haven't started our preseason training yet. Right. So just kind of relaxing, trying to... Most importantly right now is enjoy um, my time with my six-month-old daughter. Yeah. Uh, and my wife, uh, that's the coolest thing out of all this stuff is like, you only have your six month old daughter. She's only going to be six month old and yeah. in that like crazy, crazy transition time of the life, uh, once. Yeah. So, so I get to be here like a whole lot <laughs> for it. Yeah. Every second of it right now. Um, so I'm just super grateful for that. Yeah. It's especially cool. Cause like you'd have been gone for yeah. like, you'd be on the road right now. I think we'd both be in uh, Cancun. <laughs> Spring break in Cancun. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we're supposed to be in Cancun right now. Yeah. yeah, I got a notification from Expedia this morning. It was like, your flight to Cancun is boarding in like two hours. I was like, I'm going to have to cancel that. You didn't cancel it? <laughs> I forgot. Oh, my God. <laughs> so I have like 800 bucks credit to Dude, United. if that flight took off, <laughs> you would have lost all that. I know. Yeah. So I've never been confused with the most intelligent guy. Well, <laughs> so, me neither. <laughs> so... Yeah, but it um, it's cool that like you get to be home mm-hmm. for all that. And what I was wondering is that because I was talking to Trevor earlier today is that will AVP New York happen right as scheduled because that's in mid to late June. Yeah, and so who knows? Yeah, we don't know. I mean, I think the the only thing it's it's not like you have to start canceling stuff like for the entire year, you know? Right. Like, I feel like it's safe to say, okay, we're going to cancel everything for the next two months. And then if this thing pushes another month, without, which I think it is, uh, then we push it another two months past that, you know? But there's yeah. no need to plan, like, six months ahead when we don't even know what's going to happen in the next yeah. two months. Um, so, I mean, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. That's, that's the thing. Like, as of right now... It feels like we're training for AVP New York in June, and it's March. <laughs> it's four months. So I'm like, okay, well, I'm not gonna away. like sprint to the beach then, right? Like, you know, uh, there there's small goals that I that I want to um, achieve, but I mean, the, with the amount of work we put in this off season, January through March, plus we played in one event. Um, that was like a mini season right there. Like yeah. off season, you're preparing your body for battle and f- to go through like the really tough times of season. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that in itself is, is a lot and something 
that I think we have to look at in terms of we did break our bodies down and we did do a lot mentally we, that took a, it took a toll on us to a certain extent. So right now we can just recover from that and then um, we restart another off season. Yeah. The problem is you wanted to be making money at this point. You know? <laughs> right. I already did this whole like not play for two years <laughs> thing where you don't make money and that really sucks. Um, luckily, some uh, a decent amount of us have sponsors and, yeah. and USA Volleyball helping us out. But still, you're like ready to like let's go, let's go make some cha-ching. And yeah. then you're like, God damn it. Yeah, and that's what um, I was out. I've been playing uh, no jump with John Mesco and Miles Evans mm-hmm. the past couple of days, yeah. and because um, Mesco has his own net, so we just bring out his net, set it up on uh, yeah a secret location, <laughs> and uh, very private. But Miles was. Um, he was talking about, he's like, yeah, well, volleyball is my main income, and I don't have that. And he doesn't have, like, he's not, you know, top of the food chain like you yep. know, so he doesn't really have, like, the Monsters and the Wilsons and such. Well, like, he doesn't even have the stipend yeah. from USA. Yeah. yeah, and so he's like, I don't really know how I'm going to be paying rent. You don't even have, uh, you can't even do privates, which is most of, uh, yeah. most of the beach volleyball players' side income, at least the ones that aren't making a full-time living. Yeah. They're and so, doing private training. So that's what I would say, like, 98% of beach, probably more than that, of beach volleyball players are looking at it like, wondering how I'm going to like stay in my apartment for a little bit. No, totally. It's it's a gnarly time. Uh, and it's not like employers are hiring right now either. Right. If you do decide, all right, I need to get a job, like, this isn't legitimate. Well, well the <laughs> thing is, is that, uh, like, Amazon is hiring everyone. Oh, really? Yeah, Amazon's, like, hiring, like, more than 100,000 people right now. Well, because they're, yeah. Because they're, they're still, like, yeah, because I guess they're, they're delivering, like, all these essential things that people need. Mm-hmm. And so Amazon is like, come on, we'll take you. Oh, wow. Yeah, and I think, like, CVS and, like, all the grocery stores, like, need extra help, too, because people are just flooding those places. Totally, yeah. So, like, I mean, that's enough. Like, I've seen people there. I was like, I didn't know you worked here. And they're like, yeah. I think I do now. Yeah, two days ago. <laughs> <laughs> like, something had to happen. Yeah. So people make it work. Yeah. You know, they're getting the job done. Yeah, everyone's got their own unique situation. So that's why I don't like people just, like, wallowing in their own yeah. sorrows. Like, dude, trust me, someone's always going to have it worse than you. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And it's been nice, me, like, me and Delaney were talking about how, like, this has actually been sort of fortunate in a way for us because, like, you know, I work remote, like, I write, and Delaney was a volunteer at Pepperdine, mm-hmm. so she was spending, like, 300 bucks a month in gas driving to Malibu and back, like, there three and a half hours a day, so I was like, oh. you just got a raise. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, like, true. she's super bummed that she can't coach and stuff. Right. But she was like, on the other hand, like... We were playing really bad, and now we don't have to spend a ton of money on gas. Right. So, <laughs> so it's just finding the silver linings. Exactly. There's always there's always a good a good way to reframe it, right? Yeah. I mean, there's you can pretty much take any situation and, and find something good that can come from it. Right. Like I was just talking about how like my knees like killing me. Mm-hmm. Like now I can finally like not do anything. Right. I'm just like not jumping because I don't need to, re- to. You need to rehab it. Yeah. So I'm actually I'm going in on Thursday because there's a physical therapy place that's still open. And so I'm going in on Thursday and they're going to take a look finally. Make them give you homework. Yeah. It'll give me something to do. Give you something to Rest do. Rest it up. Yeah, exactly. I'm, I'm in the same boat. I'm doing, um, I just kind of, I took last week kind of off and then um, 
I'm getting back into it this week, uh, lifting five days a week because it's kind of simulating what I do on the sand anyway. Usually I lift about three days a week and play on the sand five days. Um, but I'm doing a little cross training, like trying to get in the water and do those yeah. fun things that I like to do um, away from people. Um, but I'm doing like strength training, conditioning, power work, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and then more of like rehab stuff. Like I'm going to do my, all my knee rehabs and hip mobility and all that ankle stuff on Tuesdays and then like upper body mobility, shoulders and all that on Thursdays. So, yeah, I mean, it's good to have like a schedule. Yeah, exactly. Well, I just (laughs) figured it out today. I got on the phone with Mikel. It's like, I need structure. (laughs) Help me. (laughs) So now we, we have a little bit of structure there. So at least like my mornings are covered. Yeah. Uh, and then, um, yeah, I don't know, but, but that, that is like a positive, you know, like I'm going to have my shoulders feeling good, my knee feeling good going into whatever the hell I'm going into. Yeah. And um, that's when I was trying to like sit back and figure out how do I want to approach this time? I was like, the only things I could think of was stay healthy, stay in shape. And I mean, that right there, this structure helps me to do that exactly. And then try to just learn a little bit more about volleyball. Yeah. Like try to learn something new. Yeah. And I'll hopefully try to do that through film, which I haven't started my homework on that yet. Because <laughs> you know, I have my off week. and I can send you a list of my favorite matches. <laughs> exactly. Problem is, I don't know how to watch film. I do know, I probably know how better than the average person because right. I've done it a lot, decent amount at the high, the very high level. But, like, the way I see it, I don't know how to watch film. Like, like it's not the way that I think is best. Uh, So that's what I'm trying to learn is, like, how can I get the most out of it? Yeah, what do you mean exactly by that? Because I feel like you're, like, a person listening to the podcast, for example, might just be like, well, what do you mean you don't know how to watch YouTube? Right, right, right. Well, okay, so I'm the kind of guy where I watch something and I, I just get a feel for, like, their style of play. Like, oh, like, his arm swing looks like that. And his blocking looks like that. And, oh, he moves it quick. He moves slow. He's, you know, I just get, like, a general feel for, like, how they move and what their shots look mm-hmm. like and what their arms look like. Um, and that's just, like, natural to me. But I'm not, like, naturally picking up, like, tendencies. Oh, he hit four in a row here and one there. And then every time he went, it went, you know, dropped inside. He went here, but then... When the defense made a move, it, you know, he changed it or like, right. you know, like that. It's just like going to the next level. Yeah. And I think some people think of the game like way more in that sense, mm-hmm. but then they miss out on what I kind of naturally see. Yeah. So I'm just kind of work on my like deficiency there and hopefully I can get some help. Uh, Tyler Hildebrand um, is still accessible for us. Obviously, Jose, we'll keep watching film with him. Um, also learning how to I already do this but learning how to do this better which is create scouting reports like I know who the top 15 teams in the world are and that's not going to change maybe one or two teams will jump in there or three or whatever in the next year or so but I could put together full scouting reports on all of them and then when the day comes that I play them I could just pull it out and obviously things change and and you're always going to want to watch their like last match or Mm -hmm. two but um, 
if I can get a little better at throwing together a scouting report, because when we're on the road, we're in hotel rooms. We're like, we watch it the night before if we have time, because, I mean, sometimes we're playing in the morning. We play that match, and we wait for the next match to end, and then we know who we're playing in two or three hours. Yeah. You got to go back, relax, and then watch film again. You only have like 20, 30 minutes, right? 15 minutes with your team. So to be able to learn how to do that more efficiently will be very beneficial rather than like, okay, I kind of got the vibe and just, okay, let's go play. Yeah. For like, <laughs> you know, we flew across the world and we're somewhat winging it because we didn't have that much time right. to put film together. But if we can limit that amount that we're kind of winging it out there and the more information we have, the better, as long as we know how, when to let that information go. Right. Right, because you don't want to step on the court with all this information in your head and then you're trying to think your way through you it. You get stuck in a game plan. Yeah, so you want to f- create a scouting report and scouting style where you can get easy, like, bullet point kind of information, which is going to be different for everyone. For me, it's like I need, like, quick bullet points yeah. that I can refer to in the game. Um, and then and then you just clear your mind, you know, and, and then you can refer to those little bullet points as yeah. you go. Yeah, that's uh, I just love watching film, yeah. And because I feel like, and we, I think this will like kind of that aligns with Kim Hildreth and Sarah Shermerhorn, uh-huh. where like film, like you said, like you're you're not going to win every match twenty one nothing because you watched like six of their matches, right. but you're just looking for one point, mm-hmm. maybe two points, and like that makes like you mentioned, if you had four points to spread across the whole season, yep. And like I think that could come from film because at some point, like your physical abilities are almost all within 0.02% of each other. Right? Right. Everyone can pass, set, swing, block, dig a ball. There's some big dudes out there that... Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. All right, well... So you, have, you have your Oleg's, you know, you have your Anders's, yeah, yeah, but, yeah. you know, for the most part, like, everyone's totally. in the same yep. physical skill set. It's just, like, little mental things that will make, like, all the difference. Exactly. Yep. So it's just about using this time to find that 1%. Yeah. And it seems like a lot of people are doing that, or at least... Instagram seems to be telling me that a lot of people are having yeah. very productive quarantine time. Yeah, and I'm I'm wondering like to what extent they're doing it because I feel like some people are going nuts with it too. Like, yeah. oh, I need to like get all these reps and play. And I'm like, try. You think you're gonna keep doing this for three months straight, like bumping <laughs> against the wall? No. Like, you better chill out now, unless you plan <laughs> on chilling out later. Because uh, sometimes you just have to really like just surrender. I think, and just be like, all right, I'm going to chill for a second and be patient. You know, patience is a huge virtue, I think, in this situation Um, because you can burn yourself out forcing yourself to do do stuff that's not necessarily fully productive. Like, I think a ton of players, I could name a few if I wanted to. (laughs) I could name a lot if I wanted to. I mean... (laughs) That just go to the beach and just play. Yeah. And there's not really intention. Like, I played for three hours together. Like, I... Can you really say that you got better, though? Right. Like, did you work on anything? Yeah. And and I think a lot of players just think showing up and doing something is is productive. It makes yeah. you feel good. But at the end of the day, you have to have intention behind it and, like, be working on something. Yeah. And I think, like, this is a good time because the book I'm reading right now, which is awesome, and, like, I think you would love it, actually. Mm -hmm. It's called Essentialism. Basically, the point is that you need to weed out all of the miscellaneous stuff in your life and just focus on, like, what 
is essential. Right. So like in his case, he has the kind of the 80, 20 principle where 20% of your activities make up for 80% of like your, like either revenue or happiness, fulfillment. It's like find those 20% and really dig into those. I think like, you know, America in general, like we're just a culture that like we value, like work hard, like don't sleep. Right. You know, like five hours of sleep is like a sign of virtue and like, you know, everyone's burning the candle at both ends. Like, maybe people can just step back and relax for a second. Like, yeah. especially, you know, like volleyball players who for the most part have a full-time job and are trying to play volleyball where like their candles like burning at both ends. Right. right. Exactly. Like, okay. Like, let's take a second, figure out like what is working, what's yep. not working, remove some stuff and like use this little break mm-hmm. to figure out like what's really like what revs your engines and like, to, like kind of check it out with a bird's eye view. Like let's right. zoom out here and like, look at my village <clears throat> That is my mind or my life. All right, we're going to pause here and take a quick second to acknowledge our lovely sponsors. Support for Sandcast comes from a new sponsor, Manscaped, who is the best in men's below-the-belt grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels, which in beach volleyball is a well-groomed sport. You want to be looking good out there, which is why our code for 20% off is look good, play good. And you also want Manscaped because everyone knows or probably knows a guy who has had a a troubling Manscaped story. I had a, a buddy in my fraternity who used scissors down there, and it just doesn't work all that well all the time and that's why you have manscaped here to help you out it's redesigned the electric trimmer their lawnmower 2.0 has proprietary skin safe technology so this trimmer won't nick or snag your nuts you don't need that in your life trust me manscaping accents are finally a thing of the past try well and don't use the same trimmer on your face as you're using on your balls (laughs) that's just nasty Manscaped also has the Crop Preserver, an anti-chafing ball deodorant and moisturizer. You're already using deodorant on your armpits. Why are you not using deodorant on the smelliest part of your body? Go ahead and get 20% off plus free shipping with the code LOOKGOODPLAYGOOD at manscaped.com. Always use the right tools for the job, ladies and gentlemen. Your balls will thank you. So that is 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use the code LOOKGOODPLAYGOOD today. Speaking of balls, Travis, Wilson just came out with a new ball. That's the new optics ball with the OPTX technology. It's definitely been my favorite ball since I was a kid. I used to play with Wilson back at the Outrigger Canoe Club, as everyone's heard many times over the podcast. And... uh Honestly, Wilson's the best ball in the world. If you talk to any of the athletes, the Americans, they all want to be playing with the Wilson. There's a reason that those are the balls you're seeing out on the beaches, whether it's California or Florida or somewhere in between. The Wilson ball is the go-to, and now there's a completely different look that is built to make you perform better, to see the ball better, but it's the same feel. So go to Wilson.com, get yourself a new ball, because if you don't have a new ball, then you know you're just... You're just that guy on the beach or girl. And use promo code WilsonSand to get your discount today. I'd like to take this moment to let all of you know about Firefly Recovery, something that I take on the road with me when I'm traveling. I usually use it on the plane because you know how your legs get all swollen when you're traveling across the world. Is a way for us to recover faster with increased blood flow. There's these knee straps and they have these nerve stimulators on them and Basically, it helps you recover. And you'll see a lot of beach volleyball players wearing them. 
and uh, you need to get yourself a pair today at fireflyrecovery.com. All right, everybody, now it's time for your Pacific Coast Wealth Management Olympic Update. It's been quite a grind in this 2019 season, and the season is finally over, so we are officially in the off-season. The top American team is Taylor Crabb and Jake Gibb, and they're in the eighth spot in the world. Triborn, yours truly, and Trevor Crabb are in the 10th spot. Meanwhile, Philip Dahlhauser and Nick Lucenter are in the 17th spot, still looking to fill two more finishes uh, to get there, 12. And then on the women's side, April Ross, as always, is in the second spot with Alex Kleinman. They've been dominating this year, but... In the fifth spot, Carrie Walsh Jennings and Brooke Sweat. In the sixth spot, Sarah Sponsel and Kelly Clays. Yes, the American women are absolutely stacked. And in the seventh spot, Kelly Larson and Emily Stockman. It is going to be an insane qualification year in 2020. We're all looking forward to it. Hopefully, Born and Crab are there. Aloha. And now back to the show. I'm like, okay, this doesn't look quite as good as it, I thought it would right. look, but it, when I was just like in it, you know? Yeah. And now like you'll have the opportunity, you know, when this is all comes to pass and you know, it'll pass and then yeah. people kind of figure out where to go from here. Yeah. So like, there's a lot of different ways that, that people can make use of what's happening, yep. even though nobody would want it to be happening. I agree. Well, that, that kind of reminds me of like the whole, I guess the thing that kind of pushed the IOC overboard um, to postpone the games, or at least to do it quickly, yeah, was a lot of the athletes complaining, or I don't want to say complaining, but talking about how they felt stressed out and they couldn't handle the pressures right now, and they're like mentally kind of going crazy, yeah. Um, and I don't know. I I think that for me personally, when this was going down, when I was hearing them ask for the postponement and whatnot, I was like. You know, I, I think everyone's in this boat. Like, not just athletes are dealing with this. Every single person on earth is practically dealing yeah. with this right now. And uh, I think that everyone needs to just, that everyone, if the games weren't postponed and it was safe, I think it would be a successful games. I think world records would be broken because people will find a way. But some athletes will take themselves out of it by letting all this anxiety and stuff get to them yeah um because they feel like oh my god i can't train right now i can't do something to get better and and i get it for like a sport where the hundredth of a second counts and it's an olympic sport so you're really not making much money the other three years it's it's gnarly but i also think that realistically you've got to do the best with what you're given Mm -hmm. and you can do like amazing things with just that I, like I guarantee you if if we had the Olympics and there was only a month for everyone to like really prepare well for it I guarantee world records would still be broken yeah and I would agree with that too I think so like I don't you know I don't really agree with like a lot of the drastic measures that have been taken um, for like a number of different reasons but like for I was talking to Sam Pedlow about it and he said that one thing that he said kind of uh, changed my mind a little bit about Tokyo. So, like, I think that, like, he said that, you know, if it's viable from a, an economic and business standpoint, it's almost a no-brainer to push Tokyo to, to 21. 
Right. Um, but I mean, obviously there's a lot of factors to consider. Like 2021 is like world champs. Um, there's the Asian games. Uh, about I think, world champs. I think Commonwealth games might be either 21 or 22. So Where? it's not like you can just like be like, oh, well, let's just move it and everything will be fine. Right. But yeah. I think, you know, if, if you're Tokyo and you're putting on a $25 billion product, Right, you're gonna to want to put out the best product you can possibly put. Right. Right. And so what Sam was saying is that like swimmers in Canada were swimming in like neighbor like their friends' pools and right. like putting in laps and stuff. Yeah. And you know, if if that's what the athletes are doing to prepare, like you're probably like if you're Tokyo, like you're probably just not gonna put out the best product if it's gonna be held in twenty twenty. Right. So if they pushed it to twenty one, which they have done, like you're probably gonna get a better product because now like athletes aren't gonna be stressed. Yeah. Like, they're going to be more prepared. Yeah. It'll give, like, you know, say beach volleyball players, like, the qualification system might not just be, like, some ragtag thrown together thing now that we have a year and a half. Yeah. It'll happen. Hopefully. Like, I hope they, you know, don't screw up the qualification process. Yeah, who knows? But I think, like, you know, athlete safety is one thing, you know, just having athletes travel during, you know, these weird times. But, like, from an economic standpoint, I think it's probably, like, a decent decision because now, like, hopefully it'll... Yeah. be a normal year in 21 yeah and everyone right. would be stoked about the games rather than people the narrative would be well are we doing the right thing right by having these olympics There'd now the some good story gonna, it's gonna be a celebration like, no, oh we, great story we broke the world record is swimming in a, <laughs> yeah. in a kiddie pool <laughs> to train yeah no it would be like a writer's dream yeah because you'd have all crazy stories exactly, like that yeah. you know we got like try and trevor like training out of his garage we got naya's Stroller right over the <laughs> stroller over there. <laughs> like, yeah. Like, no, it's I mean, there's no right right or wrong in this situation. Yeah. And I think they um kinda erred on the side of caution, you know? Yeah. Public safety is is number one and you're putting on the biggest event in the history of events. Yeah. You know? Um so it makes sense. It's just hard to wrap your brain around and Yeah, especially for you guys who are like you mentally prepared for this, and we had, a, and we were in position. You know, yeah, we put ourselves in a really good position. Um, but you know, another challenge. Yeah, Why not? as if you needed it one more. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh my God, there better be like a you know, some kind of million dollar check or something at the end of this. <laughs> but I mean, what I was thinking about, I was trying to think about all the teams. It's like you and Trev, I think, in my mind get more of a benefit from a lot of other teams because like neither of you have played defense much aside you know obviously yeah. you've played volleyball a lot but mm-hmm. new positions you have another year to figure it out um sarah sponsor and kelly clays like sarah was like mentally breaking down in the middle of last year because she was like just went from college and national championship to on the road for nine weeks and mm-hmm. she was like what am i doing like what is my life well she performed and too. Uh, yeah well and, like and they're only a little bit behind carrie and brooke sweat yeah and I talked to Sarah today, and she was like, I finally get a chance to, like, slow down and embrace the opportunity that I have instead of looking at it like this crazy rat race. And yeah. like, she was like, this is the first time I've ever been like, I'm going for the Olympics. And now she has a year to do it. So yeah. I think that they'll, they'll benefit Well, we from don't it. know. We don't know the qualifications. True. It could end at the end of this year. Yeah, and they could just restart it. Like, who knows? And okay. I think if, it, if, if everything stays the same... And though it'll be a 12 finish system where, you know, top two teams, best 12 finishes, they go. Yeah. I think obviously a huge benefit for Kelly Larson and Emily Stockman, yep. who will have another year, of hopefully a full calendar. 
Yeah, it opens the up. doors for yeah. a lot of teams. I think the women's race is now like again like a thrill ride. Yeah. The teams that I'm really curious about, like Phil and Nick, you know, they were mentally prepared, like this was it. Yeah. And so like now you gotta, you know, you've got what, fifteen months now? Right. Until the Olympics, maybe like maybe more. Yep. And Jake, you know, he's what, forty three? He's committed because he's got a young partner. Yeah, and so but that's adding another you know, yeah. year, year and a half to his career. And so, like, you know, I look at stories like that. I'm like, that's tough. Yeah. You know, especially if you were, like, ready to retire, which I don't know if Jake was, but I know that Phil was, like, Tokyo. Yeah. And my house, yeah, exactly. Know? Right. Yeah, no, I have no idea. I, I wouldn't want to be in that position, that's for sure. Yeah. Like, I'm, I'm grateful that I'm in my position. Like, I'm still hungry to... I was going to be hungry to learn and grow and, and keep getting better at the sport, whether the Olympics happen now or if we qualified or not, you know? So for me, I'm super grateful for that. Um, there's a lot of storylines. And it also, I mean, we have three teams in the running right now. Technically, there's yeah. five or six probably yeah, in the running like now. Billy and Stafford, and like, if, yep. Reed, if Reed and Theo got back together, they'd be able to get their finishers. Right. I think that ship sailed. What about Sarah and Summer? Sarah, yeah. I saw Summer today. She was rollerblading around uh, Marine Street. Of course. <laughs> yeah. Sounds like a summer thing to do. But they have, like, nine finishes together. Yeah, and, like, a decent... They have some good ones. And They won and, Moscow. Like, yeah, exactly. Both of <laughs> those players are capable of... of Placing high in any given event, you get a few good finishes added onto what they got, and they're right there. Yeah, so it's I mean, it's it's, it's fascinating yeah. right now, and mm-hmm. I don't know when did you say that a decision might be made or like well, April first was supposed to be where the FIBB was supposed to know their proposal for what they want the qualification okay. system to be, but the IOC has to um, okay it. Okay, um, and then. I want to say, I'm confused with all the dates now because they said four weeks and they were going to decide the, the whole Olympics. Yeah. And I thought that would mean all the qualification and, like, have have a plan and figure it out. Um, but then they did it, like, yesterday or today. <laughs> yeah. So I'm assuming that it'll happen in the next few weeks, though. Yeah. So it'll be... I don't think that they should change it because... Like leave it so basically it ends in June fifteenth next year. Right. Problem is we don't know when the Olympics are going to be. Not right. it won't necessarily be July. Yeah. So it'll be summer ish. Because right. I think summer Olympics are usually around that time. Like sometimes it might be like late August. You know. But yeah. Similar. It's, it's generally the same same time. But I don't. Who knows? Yeah. But I, I think I'd be in favor if like if it's around the same time mm-hmm. of them just keeping the system the same. Hopefully, like, you know, the corona will burn itself out or we'll, you know, figure something out to alleviate it and that we can play volleyball again. But leave all the events that we've already played in. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, because, like, you have to grandfather those in. You can't just watch them. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) That'd be crazy. No, yeah. It's, oh, man, so ridiculous. Like, as an athlete, Olympic qualification is a different time in your career than regular like or just you know when you have the domestic tour and the world tour at least for americans we have the domestic tour so it's just a lot more stress a lot more effort on it and more focus on those specific events it's not that you're trying not trying hard it's like regular season versus playoffs yeah you know like you're trying always 
but like there's more there's more energy being sucked out of you during Olympic qualification, and now it's like yeah. almost our entire qual for sure. Mine every match I've ever played on the world tour in the last which six, is, six which years is has so been funny in Olympic qualification. But this is going to be what two and a half years? Yeah, of the quad being in Olympic qualification, and then soon enough you'll be going for twenty four. And then three, <laughs> and then a year and a half later, we're gonna, it's going to be 2024 Olympic qualification. And the one thing I really don't like about that, besides, I mean, whatever, pressure is pressure. I, I'd rather play most of my career under the highest pressure than play most of it For under sure. less. So that's fine. But what I don't like is that it makes us prioritize the world tour over the AVP tour, even if we don't actually want to be playing on the world tour we're doing it to chase points to, to stay in this olympic race this quad the the star system has not been a, a favorite of the fa- of the athletes it hasn't the prize money is not favorable at all so the majority of us want to be on the avp tour but right. we're doing this because we have to go chase these olympic points um so this pushes this really hurts the domestic tour not only this season they already canceled two events who knows if they have to cancel more um but now and also avp scheduled somewhat around the fivb so now all these events are going to get slid to the back of the season we're going to be forced to play in them we might not get to go to some of the best events of the entire year that we want to be playing in front of home fans and then the same thing's going to happen next season, which was supposed to be the year where, ah, we can go play AVP and right. go have fun. And the tour is doing so well right now. Um, every year it's getting better and better. So, you know, there's good money. Um, and that is, like, the biggest thing that I think really sucks is, is the domestic tour is getting hurt. Um, just in... I mean, I guess in a lot of ways, you know, scheduling-wise yeah. and the fact that athletes aren't going to be able to play in too many events. Yeah. What I love, though, is that, like, you know, the AVP, we still have six events, which is, you know, I just thought it was going to be, like, the worst news ever when they were like, all right, we're right. out with our schedule. I know. We had six. Like, that was pretty great. You know, Manhattan's $400,000 tournament. Mm-hmm. have the prize pool at the end, uh, which is great, too. Like, six events, I was like, Wow. Good the money, the money from um, the two canceled events, Texas and Seattle, is yeah. going to get pushed up, somehow distributed within the other six events, yeah. right? That so, are on the so schedule. The language that they use is a bonus pool, and so oh I right, that's right, that's right. Yeah, and so I don't know if that means that they're going to just like sprinkle it across all yeah. six, or if like they're just going to have like bonus at the end, or you know maybe they just like hang on to it. And they're like, all right, we're going to put that 150 grand yeah. into 21. From what I remember, um, the AVP used to have a bonus pool before I was playing. Um, I want to say early 2000s, uh, where if you play in a certain amount of events, that enters you into that bonus pool. And then however many athletes played in that certain amount of events, you probably have to finish uh, in the main draw or higher okay. or something. I yeah. don't know. But however many athletes get themselves into that bonus pool get to split up the money that's in that. Yeah. Sort of something like that. Okay. Just to incentivize athletes to play in more events, which yeah. now we as athletes on the world tour are going to have to decide, like, oh, my God, we just want to <laughs> yeah. go play at home and, like, 
you know, play in these great events and go yeah. try to chase this this bonus pool kind of stuff. And but then we're gonna be like, oh, but we're gonna go to this four star in wherever the hell for you know top ten finish and you get two grand. Right. When I could just show up at the AVP and probably get myself into this bonus pool and make yeah. more than that. And I'm in a home soil and not traveling as far right. and I'm at home longer. Um, so yeah, not to be depressing or anything, <laughs> <laughs> but there's that. And I do feel for the domestic tour, uh, the AVP. Ah, well, damn, it's, it's going to be funny. It's like, it's going to be such an interesting fall yeah. for beach volleyball. Like, cause the FIVB isn't canceling events. They're postponing them. So right. Hopefully, I don't know if that means they're going to postpone it till after till the fall, or if they're just like saying yeah. we're just postponing for now. Well, who knows? I could. I don't mean to be depressing about this too. Like it could like work out perfectly so that the AVP is like thriving and we get to go to all the events. Yeah. Like if the scheduling happens right, and who knows? We don't yeah. know anything that's going to happen, so I shouldn't even talk like that. Like, <laughs> it's going to be really bad, but um, yeah, yeah. It is what it is. I'm just looking at it as. You know, we're just having a dull spring, and we're going to have, like, an insane fall. Totally. Because, like, I think Huntington in October is going to be great. Like, October in California is, like, the greatest month ever. Like, the weather is perfect yeah. in October. Yeah, that would be great. Like, Huntington is, like, my favorite place ever because that's where I, like, first moved. And yeah. So, hopefully the world tour, like, can maybe we'll just go from Huntington to Cancun, you know? Yeah, really. <laughs> Which would be awesome. Yeah, that wouldn't be bad. I'm okay with that travel. Yeah. So I think, like, just postponing things, moving things back, was like, I'm fine with it. I think it's great. Yeah. We just got to wrap our brains around it. That's it. <laughs> that's the tricky part. Yeah. And so uh, that's what Kane was laughing when I talked to him after he got back from Australia. Him and Chase are, like, the unluckiest dudes on the planet. Oh, yeah. You got to tell this story. Yeah. So, so Kane Shock and Chase Budinger were flying to Australia for the three-star, and they had a layover in uh, maybe S- Sydney or somewhere. I don't right. know where yeah. the layover was. but they So they get onto their plane for the layover, find out that the tournament's canceled, but they can't get off the when plane. When they're on the plane. Yeah. Oh, no. And so <laughs> they, fly, they make the extra flight knowing that they're flying into nothing. They get there, uh, get flights back. I think they might have stayed for the night if their flight left the next morning. But so they just came back. So they had like oh. three days of travel to, you know, do nothing. Dude, that's a far flight. Australia is like Australia's far. 15, 14 hours yeah. from LA usually. Yeah. Sydney to LA. Yeah. That's bad. And uh, and so the I think the promoter, because Mike Bogue and Bill Kalinske were already there too, and mm-hmm. the promoter told them that they were going to try to refund them, uh, which is a good move. Um, right. Because, I mean, it was on the, the promoter for not canceling earlier. And because Kane said that if he would have gotten in Australia a day later, he wouldn't have been able to compete in the tournament because they would have forced a 14-day quarantine. So Kane would have been stuck in Australia for two weeks if he had flown in. So all the athletes who were on red eyes, so Kane got in, I think, Saturday morning, Mm -hmm. and all the athletes on red eyes like uh, that that were going to leave that night would have been stuck. So like Sarah Sponsel and Kelly Clays were going to be flying to Australia the day after came in Chase, and, and they ended up canceling their flights like just in time or they would have been stuck in there for two oh, weeks. 
dude, that's so brutal. So I don't travel Theo, crazy. Theo was like going back and forth for a while, right? Yeah. Like asking people, should I go or not? And he didn't go. Yeah. Which he's so stoked about. Yeah. We were sitting at a dinner with uh, Phil and Nick in Qatar. Uh, and we're headed back to LA and they were headed to Australia and we all ended dinner and we're like, all right, well maybe, maybe, uh, have a good off season. We don't know what the heck's going to happen next, yeah. but they're headed to Australia and sure enough, they were right. Yep. It was off season. And they had to turn on back. <laughs> they flew from Qatar all the way to Australia and then it wasn't even come back. It was, they just circumnavigated the entire globe because they went from the middle east over asia straight to australia oh my gosh and then came from australia back across the pacific goodness gracious and then they had to go all the way to florida oh yeah and then they had to go across the u.s wow (laughs) i bet that last leg was like oh my gosh we're so close dude yeah for one tournament yeah that's that's tough yeah but that's what we got to do sometimes. That's our sport. It doesn't make sense sometimes. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's for sure. but uh, good adversity story for the kids. Yeah, beach volleyball, <laughs> beach volleyball players are built to adapt. Yeah, I feel like yeah, constantly you're, you're training. adapting. Everyone else is adapting. Yeah, saw so Katie Spieler's putting up ribbon in her garden at home and playing using that as a volleyball net. And of course. Yeah, I feel like Katie can't stop playing. No, no way. She like, loves volleyball. Every, people are finding a way. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> have you ever Hello. seen Jurassic Park? Uh, one of my favorite quotes where he just says, life will find a way. Life will find a volleyball way. Volleyball yeah. will find a way. Right. <laughs> totally. Uh, speaking of what, like uh, April getting on ESPN yeah. yesterday. She's like gone viral. I know. It was just reminding me of like how... Um, big her name is at this time of the year mm-hmm. you know when it comes the olympics comes around like there's certain athletes in the u.s that that they're gonna have a spotlight on them and yeah. april and obviously carrie um are those people for our sport and yeah even just in this time like espn saw that and just like blew it up yeah and at this point when you look like when the olympics roll around in 21 like everyone's storyline is going to be that much better could you imagine, like, if Carrie's in it? Like, Carrie has to be the flag bearer if she's in the Olympics. Like, it's her sixth Olympics. She'll be, like, 42. Six Olympics, 43. but in not 24 years, in 25 years? Yeah. Wait, is that I think, Sydney, uh, right? So her first was uh, Athens. Or, or Sydney. Or 2000. Oh, 2000. Was 2000? Yeah. Sydney? 2000 was Sydney. Sydney. So that's 20 years. 21 years. Yeah. 21 years. Is a lot. When it should be twenty. Yeah, and so yeah, she uh, like she like that'll be just one extra line. Not that she needs any additional storylines, but right. like one extra line for Carrie. And then like you know, you've had your like autoimmune disease, uh-huh. and like you're fighting through that, and then like you got this again. Yeah. Like everyone, like this will just be an extra storyline. It's so, like yeah. come twenty twenty one, like this is just going to be like an awesome like footnote for a storyline. You know that like people are going to use this for inspiration in like a couple months. So right, just, right, right. Just got to grind it out while we can. Yep. It should be interesting. Yeah. There's so much unknown right now. You just yeah. got to kind of relax into and everything's that, moving like. so fast. Yeah. Like it's it's crazy because like I was talking to Pedlo, and um, he was like, yeah, when we went to Doha, no one in Canada like had even mentioned the coronavirus. Right. And then the day they got back, their federation was like, you're not allowed to train. 
you cannot be in our facility. They're like, you should get on a flight to Mexico today. And they're like, what did we miss? Like, right, <laughs> what's yeah. happening? And uh, so they're they, trying to get ahead of it probably before yeah. it got into Canada. Yeah, and then two much. days later, they so that was like on a Saturday, and then they were going to uh, leave for Cancun on Monday. And by Monday, Canada had shut its borders. Oh, like, that's man. how fast things are moving. Like, we record a podcast Saturday, it's completely irrelevant by Tuesday. Right. So, who knows? Like, by the time that you're listening to this, it could be completely worthless. Mm-hmm. <laughs> totally. So. But, um, Which could be, what, tomorrow? <laughs> yeah. But if you're... So usually we end our podcast and asking, like, pieces of advice or, like, what's your why? Mm-hmm. So how can you get better as a beach volleyball player in quarantine? Well, first of all, I'm trying to figure that out. I've been yeah. spending a few days trying to figure that out. Um, like I said earlier, the things that I came up with is stay healthy stay in shape because you don't know how long I mean this is for a professional you don't know how long it's going to be until you play Um, so just make it so your body's able to play whenever that day comes at at the level that you need to Um, uh, you can learn you can always watch the game you can study it take notes Um, one thing that I need to do more is ask questions ask people that know the game better than you Ask people that know specific things better than you. Maybe you know certain things better, but ask someone who's a defender. Yeah. They might have a different perspective. Or ask someone who's a blocker. They might have a different perspective. Um, you can get touches. Hopefully they're intentional and they have some purpose behind them. But for me, I, I go to the basketball hoop sometimes and I set. Uh, that's one thing I did to get back from my autoimmune disease when I hadn't re- literally done activity in over a year uh, and definitely didn't play with the volleyball at all um, was setting into the basketball hoop I feel like that's kind of an underrated skill because you don't realize how inaccurate you're being setting until the target's not right moving right because norm uh, when you set a ball it looks good and your partner gets his feet there or yeah. his or her feet there and and they bounce it or something like perfect set right even though it was two feet to the right, and they just got their feet there really well. Yeah. On basketball hoop, it, you're like, damn. Like, <laughs> yeah, I'm never setting <laughs> in the same spot. Yeah. <laughs> Felt good off my hands. Yeah. Um, hitting against the wall. I work on my arm swing a lot against the wall. No shag necessary? No shagging. That's, <laughs> that's definitely a perk. Um, just setting up and down. That's the same thing. Like, yeah. When you're really setting up and down, and you see yourself running around, and if you're out of breath, then... Your setting ain't very good. <laughs> you should probably keep like on You should setting. be staying still, yeah. Exactly. Um, there's plenty you can do, you know, and, and just um, have fun with it. Like bed volleyball where you set up the pillows as the net and you're standing on the other yeah. side with the mini ball and you got to hit it down on their side of the bed. You know, have fun with it. Remember why you play the game in the first place. I'm saying these things because I need to remind myself to do it. Right. Um, and... Um, be patient through these times, you know? Nobody's going to win the Olympics during this time. Nobody's right. going to win an event even. So just be patient, do what you can, and, and be okay with that. Don't let it like stress you out and, and build anxiety because that's just not going to help yeah. you or anyone. Yeah. So there we go. Stay active. Be patient. Stay healthy. Stay healthy.
And use this time to hang out with your family. Yeah. Right? Sometimes we forget to do that. Yeah. My wife's happy. Your baby's happy. Your wife's happy. Baby mama's happy. <laughs> there you go. Yep. The pod women are happy. Exactly. <laughs> Love it. All right. Shoots. Later. Shoots. Oh.